0: from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial.
1: This episode is sponsored by Peacock, NBC's new streaming service. From classic movies like The Matrix to thousands of episodes of current and timeless TV series like Friday Night Lights and Downton Abbey, peacock's got it all but the really exciting part is that it's totally free yeah free download peacock and get the best of streaming and the best of tv you can watch for free and download for even more on your tv tablet or phone go to peacocktv.com to download and start streaming now welcome
2: to switched on pop i'm charlie harding and i'm nate sloan Grab your cowboy boots and your pedal steel guitar, because today we're going country. We're lucky to be joined today by Andrew Morant. He's an editor at The New Yorker and appears on shows like Radiolab. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. So Andrew, you recently wrote a wonderful article on Casey Musgraves, an artist who's very dear to our heart. She appeared in our very first episode about heartbreak. And we see that Casey is between two different audiences that she's serving. On one hand, the traditional country fans, and on the other, disaffected millennials. I think Nate and I might fall a little bit more into the second bunch. Along the way, she has managed to upset some people. And today, we're going to explore whether or not it's possible to Criticize the values that country is founded on while being a country star at the same time. Uh, so let's get into it and see what is so stirring and contradictory about her music. So to just jump right in Andrew, what piqued your interest why Casey Musgraves, why this article? I've been a a fan of hers for a while. Us too.
3: Yeah, uh, as you said, I think uh, her first album was strikingly good and then I was really excited for her second album and I was frankly a little disappointed in it and I so the impetus for the piece was was I mean it was a tricky one right because on the one hand for anyone who is like going to hear about Casey Musgraves you want to be sort of evangelical and be like she's awesome you should you should listen to all her stuff right. on the other hand for for people who are more familiar or who are going to get more familiar with her you want to raise the the problems with this second album and how it sort of stacks up slightly poorly against the first so it was sort of a a tricky thing and i i basically felt like the problem of being someone who is perceptive and critical in a world that doesn't really want to hear criticism or doesn't want to reward it financially and it kind of made me feel like like basically I wanted to take Casey by the shoulders and say Philip Roth would not be proud of you right now. <laughs> Originally it was going to be a piece about um, Philip Roth's whole um, essay writing about Jews and his whole problem of portraying your own community badly in the public eye and how an author or a musician or an artist has to basically transcend sort of like take on sort of sociopathic approaches to like burning bridges and stuff. The piece softened a little bit as
1: I wrote it. (laughs) As perhaps Casey Musgraves has as well. Exactly. (laughs) You
2: write really beautifully about one of the standout tracks on her first album, uh, "Merry Go Round, which takes the unusual attack of criticizing small town life rather than celebrating it. What what about this?
3: this track really stood out to you? I guess the most basic thing is it felt authentic. You know, it felt like something she had been waiting a long time to say.
4: Same hurt in every heart Same trailer, different park Mama hooked on my-
3: beautiful yeah it really is yeah it's awesome and then i don't think that being trenchant and cutting and, and negative is is preferable to being sunny or positive or, or, or anything like that i just think it felt truer than the other stuff which, which felt a little more in the groove of stuff that people had said before. And, and because I think it was truer, the, the writing just seemed more inspired to me.
2: Yeah, and an example of a lyric from that song. Well, it starts, If you ain't got two kids by 21, you're probably going to die alone. At least that's what tradition told you. And it don't matter if you don't believe. Come Sunday morning, you best be there in the front row like you're supposed to. Same hurt in every heart, same trailer,
3: different park. Even the little touches where you think like it's a little over the line, like she hits the word Mary really hard and like playing on like Mary with an E and Mary with a capital M-A. She just does it in this clever, controlled way. And then she, she does these phrases that, I think I I said something like it sounds like a cliche, but you then you realize you've never actually heard it before, which is kind of the whole trick of pop writing, you know. Just like dust we settle in this town, that's a brilliant phrase, and like that that kind of phrase, I don't think comes to you as much if you are writing less uh, truthfully. Yeah, you could you
2: could contrast merry go round with. Uh country song like that i heard this jason michael carroll song on the radio recently and the the chorus goes i'm from the front pew of a wooden white church a courthouse clock that still don't work where a man's word means everything where moms and dads were high school flames and gave their children grandmothers maiden name yes it may not sound like much but it's where i'm from I said I'm from the front pew of a wooden white church A courthouse clock that still don't work Where a man's word means everything Where moms and dads were high school flames who gave their children grandmother's maiden name As it may not sound
4: like much <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that one.
3: It's it kind of feels like someone writing a screenplay about the mafia or about p- cops and they've never actually like seen a cop and they're just doing a carbon copy of a carbon copy of a something. Not to say that that country stars aren't actually from small towns that don't actually have wooden pews or whatever. Right. Not that not that that's not their real experience. It just it feels like they're doing a copy of the the platonic ideal of what they feel like they should be saying. I don't want it to be that you know, Casey's only cool because she's like taking a crap on small town life. Like there, there's there, it, there, it is totally <laughs> possible to be a a booster of small town life. I mean, the 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 piece I wrote talks about Loretta Lynn a lot. You know, Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton and Willie Nelson. You know, are geniuses and they did a lot of uh, of you know boosterism of of small town life. It's just they did it in a more interesting specific way.
4: Well, I- Cabin, on a hill in butcher holler we were poor but we had love that's the one thing that daddy made sure of. he shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar
1: i think you're absolutely right that we don't want to pigeonhole Casey Musgraves into she's just great at being transgressive because she's also a really great songwriter and just she writes just simply great country songs and I particularly love this moment in merry-go-round where she sings this this line same hurt in every heart and this song is in a major key but when she sings that line Mm. she goes to this flat six chord which is uh, a chord that you're only going to find in a minor key. And it, it has this sort of sense of nostalgia shifting from the major tonality into that minor tonality. And I think it's just a, a perfect moment of marrying the words to the music. Same hurt in every
4: heart.
1: also really like how she does this she's talking about a merry-go-round and the whole song has this sense of perpetual motion it just keeps going around and around and around never stopping and she does that really artfully by having this constant banjo roll in the background and then this this snare drum and cut time just moving along moving along moving along And the chorus almost feels like it's never going to end. It has all these sort of false resolutions, and when it even does finally resolve, it just like moves right directly into the verse. And so she's doing all these things from uh, marrying her chords to her lyrics, choosing the right instrumentation, and, and and move and pacing the song just like any great songwriter would do.
3: Totally. I mean, even the central image of the song seems like a fun childhood toy, and then it becomes this like claustrophobic. Oh, I can never get off kind of terror it's like it it, <laughs> it really seems like a song that she spent like years perfecting yeah definitely and, and and then from there the momentum kind of carries her through the rest of the album i mean that's track three and then every song after that kind of has a, like a tinge of complexity or weirdness i mean to varying degrees but even songs later in that album that are just kind of you think it's going to be a kind of classic breakup song there's something kind of transgressive about it i mean the last song on the album is about a breakup but then it's actually about kind of like having casual sex with your ex when you know you're not supposed to and like which is again like a very transgressive country music <laughs> topic so i think she just once she broke that open on merry ground it feels like she just kind of was like all right i'm just going for it we tried in
4: apart but the truth-
0: Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get
4: it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently.
1: Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on.
3: Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office.
2: Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building?
3: Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com futureofwork
4: future of work.
1: We keep talking about her being transgressive. Yet to be transgressive, you have to understand the language which you are criticizing. And something that I find about both of her albums, actually, is that they're really grounded almost in a more old school country sound. Yeah. Right? So a lot more of the acoustic instruments. A lot less heavy drumming, heavy bass, more of your banjo, mandolin light acoustic guitar yeah and so on on one level it feels like we're going to an older style of country you mentioned loretta lynn and yet you also say she's managed to upset country fan conservatives and i think in your piece you you quote her saying that she's been apologizing for a lot of this stuff ever since so what has she done to upset these country fan conservatives she ironically, you know, she is
3: known as this boundary pusher, this, oh, you know, the country star who, you know, is beloved by the latte sipping set. Like people like us again. (laughs) Yes, correct. Um, Or, or is willing to, you know, get behind gay rights or whatever, which is, is true. I mean, it's sort of a sad state of affairs that that's notable, but she actually is much more of a traditionalist then she gets credit for And she's much more of a traditionalist than most of her peers on the country charts. And she is going out of her way to show everybody that. It actually kind of reminds me of a few years ago when Nicki Minaj was, uh, her authenticity was challenged and you know she was going too far in this, in this bubblegum pop direction and she just spent the next year just like wearing black t-shirts and <laughs> rapping really hard. That reminds me of what Casey's been doing recently, which is like, no more sort of, like, going into these weird dark corners, like, I'm just going to wear a neckerchief and play an, an acoustic guitar and, like, remind everyone of Dolly Parton. And, right. But at the same time, I think her project is a little more complex than, than, than that because she's also trying to remind people, like, not only am I traditional, but traditional country music has always had this dark streak in it, and not just dark, but self-critical. And I think the, the biggest signal that she's doing that is the, is the hidden track on her new album, um, which is the only cover on the new album. It's a Willie Nelson cover, which she sings as a duet with Willie Nelson. And it's called Are You Sure? And it is actually a very Casey Musgraves-ish song. It's very critical of being stuck in a small town and saying, are you sure this is where you want to be? Are you sure this is where you want to end up with your life?
4: Look around you, look down the bar from you At the faces that you see Are you sure this is where you want to be? So look around you and take a good look at all the local used to be Are you sure that this is where you want to be?
3: I think her point in making that her cover is... Hey, this this sort of strain of country music has always existed. You know, don't blame me; I didn't invent it. On the other hand, it's a little bit of a cop out because that's the only song on the album that's at all critical of <laughs> of small town life, and it's the only one on the, on the album that she didn't write. That's fascinating. I, have, I
2: actually didn't hear that
3: one. Yeah, it's a great. It's like I mean, Willie Nelson is maybe the best country songwriter alive, and he uh, it's it's sort of a a, a B side of his, huh. and it's just really interesting that. You know, she met him, and there's this whole story about how they basically like smoke weed together and like decided to do a duet. <laughs> but the fact that she chose that one as the duet is is very clearly yeah. a, a intentional. So moving to this new record,
2: pageant material, which was released, I think a month or so ago. This you're saying this are you sure stands out in the context of this record, which which otherwise is more in the sort of booster small town country vein that you were
3: describing yeah i mean you could almost go like song for song and and see the sanitation uh happening like huh. so for instance we talked about how the last song of the first album is this transgressive breakup track the last the last track of the second album is just a breakup track i mean it's a beautiful wistful song but it's not there's nothing off kilter about it. Right. All the uh all the songs about small town life are like, gee, isn't it swell to be from a small town? And like there's a couple of moments of discord, um, but they all get resolved. And look, I'm not being totally fair to her because in the context of country music, it actually does take courage to be full-throatedly in fi- in favor of gay rights, to be like dropping references to pot smoking, to be talking about misogyny, like. I'm not trying to take those things away from her, but they are in in the grand scheme of things pretty safe political positions in the larger country to take. Like not not country music, but like the country that we live in. It's like little little uh, needling pushes, but it's it's not as like dark and weird and dystopian as the first album by any by any means.
2: Yeah, a song like dime store cowgirl from the new album it's more generically country i guess
4: i've had my picture made with willie nelson stayed in a hotel with a pool driven through new mexico with a saguaro cactus growing up
3: And and that was the one that really felt like an apology to me, huh. right? Where she says, uh, "You can take me
2: out of the country, but you can't take the country out of me."
3: Yeah, maybe for a minute I got too big for my britches, <laughs> but uh, but don't worry, I'm still the girl. I'm still the girl from Golden Texas. It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I understand what she's doing because authenticity and connecting to your audience is so important and, and it's almost more important now than ever because that you know the industry's fragmenting and you can kind of only you only really have super fans now like people who will come to your shows and buy your albums are gonna make or break your your ability to make a living. So like I understand pandering to those people, but it, it just it, it felt a little bit on the nose.
1: I, I'm gonna jump in and say that mm-hmm. I think the real offender on the album is pageant material. Mm. And and you you had earlier said that that a, lot, that a lot of this album kind of sounds focus-grouped, as if she was running for office, as if she's appealing to only those super fans, as you were saying. And this song, for me, is such an offender because it, it really just references country without any sort of the, I find, any of the creative songwriting tactics that she uses. So you have in pageant material this like very typical Johnny Cash 1515 guitar line. They're like... <laughs> You know that sound
4: I love I'm always higher than my hair And it ain't that I don't care about world peace But I don't see how I can fix it in a swimsuit on stage
3: I mean look again to be fair to her she has this line about i'm always higher than my hair which is kind of cool it's like you know get a little <laughs> you know weed reference in there you know more power to her and like uh, yeah beauty pageants are stupid and like it's good that we have young beautiful pop stars who are lashing out against that culture in some way I just think the true, like, version of Casey Musgraves that's, like, at home writing in her diary about beauty pageants is way more cutting than she is on this song.
2: Before we go, Andrew, we thought we would just ask if you have any favorite casey musgraves lyrics Probably
3: since we've been beating up on this second album I, I, I do have to sort of take my hat off to this sec, second album in terms of lyrics i think late to the party yes top to bottom has great lyrics and i also love this one line from the family is family song uh they own too much wicker and drink too much liquor You'd wash your hands of them, but blood's always thicker. That's a good line.
1: That is a great line.
3: <laughs> Woo! Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's real nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So hats off to Casey, no matter what she does. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Really loved your your piece, Casey Muff's Graves, Harper Lee, and the Hometown Dilemma. We'll make sure to link to it on our website. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find more episodes of Switched on Pop at uh, www.switchedonpop.com on SoundCloud or on the iTunes podcast app. Thanks again, Andrew. Thanks a lot, guys. As always, I'm Nate Sloan. And I'm Charlie Harding. Thanks for listening.
2: What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I swear (laughs) we've done this like 17 times. Um, Thanks for listening. I just want to make a quick plug for some non-switched-on pop-related news, which is that my two-man guerrilla vaudeville act, the Gideon and Hubcap show, will be performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland from August 5th to August 23rd. If you happen to find yourself in that great nation, you should definitely come check us out. You can find more info at www.gideonandhubcap.com.